ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everybody in between. Welcome to another episode of the Chaps Chat Cats. My name is Jake, and I'm joined in the virtual studio by Sambo and Johnny. How are we, chaps? Good. Good, yes, doing well. Doing well. Keen, keen for uh, for another game. It's. Uh, I'm glad it wasn't a uh, a full week this time, because those, um, those Thursday to Thursdays were... <laughs> For a long stretch, so I'm I'm glad we've got a oh. a, a Friday night game this week. Especially week during the bye weeks. Yes. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. After that, and then full and then full week. So I'm glad that from this one on, we've only is, are we we're Saturday next week, aren't we? So we've got slightly longer than a week again. But yeah, it's um those those Thursday games really threw me out of whack. It felt like two weeks for some reason. Two weeks in one week. <laughs> yeah, especially because they were sort of um. It just feels weird playing on back-to-back Thursday nights. When you get the same night or the same session anytime, it sort of feels a bit weird when you go on Friday, Friday, or or, or whatever it might be. Which we've we've got a, a lot. Bizarre, I was telling you about this yesterday. I think it was. Yeah, yesterday. we've we've got a lot of Saturday nights. So mm. That seven thirty, seven fifty Saturday night. We've got about three or four in a row, and then maybe one that's a Saturday afternoon or something, and then we're back to another Saturday night. I think. Mm. Which I'm happy yeah. for, because it means I'll be able to watch more live. Yeah, from the <laughs> that's true. The evening games, seat. mate. That's right. Such such are the differences uh, of our uh, our schedules that it's it probably makes it less likely for Jake and I. <laughs> but yeah, at least you'll be able to watch some of this stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Saturday Saturday nights often often line up with my work. Um, big game. To get into they're all big games let's face it it's not it's not a season where there are a lot of if you think about that actually for the cats this year and i think for a lot of games this year out of anyone playing west coast most games this year have felt like meaningful games there's a, there's a lot to be drawn um from most matchups this season in the afl there's a lot of sort of ladder positioning ramifications out of most games and i think this one the Cats and the Swans up in Sydney, week 16 uh, is is another one. There, there's a lot, there's nothing at stake because there's still a lot of the season to go. And yet there feels like there's quite a bit at stake. Um, mathematically, I suppose, from Sydney's point of view um, and, and from our point of view, wanting to really try and build some form. You don't want to go win-loss, mm. win-loss, win-loss and, and, and just have constant run of, of broken form. Do you guys kind of feel like that this season? Like most games, I don't know if it's been like the most spectacularly exciting season as a whole. I, I might not have watched enough neutral games to to really say, but it does feel like the margins are really fine in twenty twenty three. It definitely feels that way. Yeah, I, I would agree. I would agree. I think I think in general, the uh, the footballing showing has been probably less entertaining than last year. Um, last year was probably the year of football where I've just watched the most because I feel like we had so many good games and it was like you'd watch a game and then you just kind of get sucked into watching the next one even if you mm. didn't plan on it. Um, whereas this year I've, I've been much more okay with watching a little bit and then going and score watching and doing something else instead. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why that is. You would think because all the games are so close and there's, you know, there's, I guess actually there's it's not only 
been a very even and meaningful year in terms of close scores necessarily, but it's been even in terms of you just don't know which team's going to win, but it's not always that close. Like there's been some, there's been some pretty yeah. boring and predictable games, you know, after say half time where you like, you can tell who's going to win, but it's just yeah. not the favorite that's going to win. Like it's, it's not always been, you know, I mean, there was the Adelaide Collingwood game on the weekend, just gone, which was obviously close and exciting and tense, but there's, they haven't all been that, you know, <laughs> they haven't all no. been a kick in it. There's been a, quite a few floggings. And quite a few games where, you know, someone six, seven places below the other team beats them, but by a good, you know, five goals or something. It's just one of those games where you're like, oh, it was... football's weird, I guess. I feel like I've, I've wanted well, to say that the... a lot more than ever <laughs> this year. And then you yeah, get think those about games us versus Frio. You're watching. Yeah. Exactly. And then you get those games where you're about halfway through and it's like, oh, this. You can just tell, as you said, Sam, it's trending and it's trending to a pretty predictable outcome and pretty boring. And I think there's been a lot a lot more games where it's just been pretty predictable where it's going. And then ones that sort of are exciting, sort of don't feel like they're getting exciting to that last quarter and then it sort of happens or it fizzles out. But, yeah, I haven't watched many, but I've been getting bored of a lot of other games because... Nothing in it for me, really. Nothing at stake. Even if there is something at stake for the cats, it still doesn't feel that way. It still feels like the cats' own future is still in their own hands and that they've still got every chance to make the finals and make um, make it fair, fair way up the, the ladder. So yeah, I think, I think, I think the ladder is a lot more exciting than the, uh, Definitely. Than the games. Which is crazy, isn't it? You think you know, say, the ladder's so close. You think all the games are being oh, it's so exciting, so close, but they haven't really been that fantastic. I think if you're a fan of certain clubs, yes, they'll be exciting, nerve-wracking, fun, like it is for the cats. Cats, like I don't think there's been many games where it's been oh, just a bit of a snore. It's always been pretty fun, exciting. Even the games where they've where we've lost, it's. It's been an element of excitement around the cat, so sort of on those things, each to our own. I take a look at the ladder now. Um, obviously, Collingwood and Port way out in front, 48 points each, two wins clear of the Lions in third. The Lions look pretty comfortably locked in that top four on 40 points, 10 wins um, so far this season. Then you've got Melbourne. 36 then you're from melbourne pretty much down to Fremantle. it's a it's a two game span um between frio in 11th and melbourne in fourth if you take melbourne out of the equation if you just go st kilda who are in fifth place um down to say gws it's it's two games, two games separating them. There's only one game separating um, a, a bunch of teams, so it's going to be a really squishy race um, for the finals. I I think personally that there's a few teams in the eight currently whose records are overinflated, and I think there's a few teams in the bottom half of the comp whose records are underinflated. I think injuries have really impacted the seasons of teams like the Cats, like the Swans, 
Um, even to a degree, Richmond, when they get lynched mm. back, um, I, I think those are three teams that are legitimately probably better than their records say. And then I think you've got some in the top half. I think St Kilda, I think the Crows, and I think the Bombers are probably three teams who I think probably aren't quite as good as what their what their record currently says. Um, and I'm sure their fans would dispute that, but that's just the way I see it. I think there's going to be a fair bit of sliding up and down um, in these final couple of months of the season. Do you, do you mm. tend to sort of yeah. see it the same, or? Yeah, I think I think I. I view Saints and Essendon as definitely the ones most likely to slide. Um, yeah, uh, and I think I think Cats and Richmond probably most likely to sneak up into. And this is without yeah. I haven't I've, I know our schedule well, but I know I don't know a lot of the other teams' schedules as inside out as ours. Mm. But I just I just think Richmond have. It'll be interesting to see how they go. Like say over the next just week or two, but they just seem like they've got the, they've got that extra X factor that I don't think St Kilda and Essendon have. Um, and I think I'm on the fence a little bit more about the Crows. Um, I think dogs are okay. I think if they can put a couple of wins together, yeah. you know, on the trot soon. Um, but yeah, I, I think the Cats and Tigers are going to be the most likely to push up in there. Yeah, definitely. The Tigers just one of those teams that, They've been a good team for such a long time. It's like the Cats, you never count them out until they can't possibly make the finals. Even yeah, losing certainly or whatever in their nature. No, and if they, yeah, it's like I've said it all year. They're like, there's not many teams that I would be nervous going up against in like finals or towards the end of a season, apart from Richmond. Richmond's one of those teams that. Just get a little bit nervous about going into because you never know what they're going to bring, and they bring they can bring a lot of heat, a lot of pressure, and or they could start off really slow and then just steamroll home. But yeah, they're a team that always, always a little bit looking at looking at going. I won't count them out until until they're mathematically out. <laughs> yeah, like there's no way possible that they can get in. Um, and the same for the cats. I like, think other people will be doing the same for the cats. Going, you can't count them out until the cats are mathematically mm. um, out of this. But yeah, I think Saints, Essendon, most likely to drop out of the eight, just on terms of where they're at, where they're going. It just doesn't feel like it's their their year. But could be wrong. Yeah, I, I think. The Bombers have more upside. I think the Saints are what they are. Yeah. They're, they're another one of those teams. Pretty high floor, pretty low ceiling, pretty decent team. Um, it's kind of where I have them rated, so probably have them just so outside. One of those teams you can't trust. Well, yeah, I can, no, but I, I, mean, I, I mean, for me, I can trust them, but to be exactly what they are. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can trust them to be who they are, but I wouldn't back them to beat anyone in the top four probably wouldn't back them to beat most teams in the eight. If those other teams are playing somewhere near their best, but if you're a little bit off, then St Kilda might beat you. They remind me a little bit of Melbourne light in mm. that way. Mm. You know, there's a few teams that have that sort of model. If you're a little off, man, their best footy is going to be too good for you. But if you're pretty close to on, then you'll probably, probably win. Um, all right. 
we've got a fair bit to get into. It's going to be an interesting game, this one, up at the uh, SCG, particularly given the last time we, we went up there was the big buddy fest, um, Franklin Palooza. Um, what, what are your sort of just initial thoughts, I guess, about traveling up to Sydney? Obviously, they've you know had the big win uh, last week against West Coast, but I personally not reading like a massive amount into that that I wasn't already feeling about Sydney. Um, what about you, chaps? How are you feeling about the Swans? Yeah, Pretty I mean, they look—they certainly look like they're a little bit better. But uh, yeah, you can't really, as much as we try not to disrespect the opposition ever here. Um, I think if there's anyone we can disrespect at this point, it's West Coast. Um, West Coast are pretty shit. <laughs> and it's, so it's a little bit, you can't really judge them off a, the Swans off that. Um, but that's not to say that it's going to be the same affair as, as last time earlier this year. Yeah, I think I'm excited by it. I'm looking forward to it. But yeah, it's hard to judge a team coming off smashing a team that's struggling to field an entire team um, at the home ground with the home fans and, you know, reigning premiers. Oh, not reigning premiers, sorry. Reigning grand finalists against the worst team that's been in the AFL for a long time. So, like, well, you might as well compare the mascots playing the kids in the NFL, like those yeah. types of games. <laughs> it's not really fair. Yeah. Because... Yeah, and I think I don't think the Swans would be going. Oh yeah, we're back, baby. We're flying. I hope they are. It'll be good if they are. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I don't. I don't think many of the you know senior players would be like. Oh yeah, we had this win. Let's carry this. Uh, no, although they did look get a little bit of with themselves during the game. I thought yeah. like. <laughs> I think they'll get a bit of confidence out of it, but. Yeah, I think it, it could go either way. They could get carried away with that big win and go, oh, we're this so good, we're back and carry that mm. overconfidence into this game and cats just, you know, do what we did last time. Or they go in going, well, it was just West Coast. We've got to get ready for the grand the premiers that have beat us by what combined 160, 70 points in the last two times we've met them. So mm. I'm sort of on the I'm not really on defense. I think I think we'll win, but I think it'll be it'll be close. It's interesting looking at their form the last two months. So we beat them back in April, 130 to 37. Since then, they've gone three and five, which includes three home losses: a one-point loss to the Giants at home, a 17-point loss to Fremantle at home, um, and a 14-point loss to the Saints at home. Um, they've also lost to the Lions. They've lost to the Magpies. Their wins came three points over North Melbourne, and that included that last minute, you know, the interchange free kick yep. that resulted in a goal or whatever it was. Um, yep. They also beat Carlton at the SCG, 77 to 51, um, and obviously last week against the Eagles. So their three wins are North, Carlton, and West Coast. So, you know, I, I think if they have allowed themselves to get carried away with that win over the Eagles, that'd be pretty foolish on their part. Um, 
and but but the competition obviously the the media around the competition has you know as you said johnny they put up the stat the last you know two teams to kick 200 plus scores have gone on to win the premiership you know the cats in whatever year and the, this team in that and it's just like uh all right um having said all that the west coast probably in those years though you know i, mean? like, I know we had west coast yeah. but in terms of what west coast represent this year mm. i don't know that we necessarily had you know what i mean oh, like a, this a is you could put it up on in this way so this is um what they're saying the worst attempt has performed since fitzroy just before they merged with brisbane so yeah it's it did take it with a grain of salt as it's going well they basically played witches hats and you don't you, you, yeah. you don't get much from a training game really you don't really... and, and it's it's always interesting to think about like you boys said like how bad are the teams that um you know cop the 200 point scores in other years like 2007 we beat richmond um massively kicked 35 goals against them they finished bottom of the ladder but they were 3 1 and 18 they had a percentage of 77.18 percent west coast is currently sub 50 percent it's nearly 30 points lower than than richmond like uh, richmond were bad that year but the, i i think this team is honestly outside of early years gws and gold coast and those early uh, gws teams in particular were brutal if you go back and look at some of the losses they had um outside of those expansion teams i think this is the worst team i've seen since probably the mark Neild melbourne sides mm. who yep. we did thump down at cadinia park um <laughs> the eel <Yeah>. by <laughs> 400 points or whatever it was but um having said all that i i think sydney are a pretty decent squad yeah like definitely i, I think they're fair they've got a lot of talent uh that, that they're strong in a lot of areas so I, i'm not going in feeling like that they're no chance, but I I think we should be backing ourselves if yeah, we play I think our best footy. I think they've been they've been underachieving for their talent pretty much since the grand yeah. final. Totally, I, I think. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think, think it's, and on grand final day. <laughs> yeah, I think it's one of those things where they said, "Ah, oh, this won't affect us. We'll we'll power through." It has affected them quite a bit because you know they're not in the top eight, um, and they're struggling at the moment to get wins against top eight sides. So it will be an interesting one. Will it continue to affect them in this game? Um, I think it will. But as I said, I don't think it's going to be oh, as much as I'd like it to be another absolute smashing of the Swans. I don't think it will be an absolute smashing. But it no, could be. I, I think, I yeah, I mean, that would be, that'd be wonderful. I, I would, I would, predict it more of one of those classic 2023 games where there'll be just enough in it to make it interesting you know, interesting but all said and done will i i tip the cats by about four or five goals just a mm. sort of ha handy margin um That's but you know i think as kill. i said the, the swans have been underachieving and at some point they will start performing the way that their yeah. their list indicates they should and it might be this it might be this weekend it might be tomorrow night exactly you know as 
we said, you know, teams coming up against the Cats, they want to lift. You want we to said this about Richmond. And they yeah. freaking did. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you come up with yeah. a team that's just won the grand final, you go, well, we're playing against the best team of last year. We better play our best to match them. And Particularly you know, when it was you on the big stage that got embarrassed. Exactly. And also, the cats, <laughs> you know, like it's the cats haven't been consistently playing fantastic football all year. We've been very up and down ourselves. Mm. Um, like had the big win against Bulldogs, then had the big loss against Port, had a big win against Melbourne last week. Hopefully, they can continue that upward trend. Um, but pretty confident that they can. But yeah, got no, no illusion that Sydney could come out and play really hot football from the start, get a few goals on and leave the pressure on. But I still feel a lot more confident with Stanley back in this team. I was gonna say Just that. knowing that Brett Savs can play the role he knows how to play really well. And I think Stanley in the side and Blitzstorm already does a far better team than far better team with those two playing their roles. And hopefully Dangerfield might be back. I was going to say, speaking of uh, individual players, the, the interview that I read with Chris Scott seemed to indicate that, no, he is back in. There's no doubt he's trained, he's, he's done all he needs to do, and that, that that was my read on it. I don't know if any, either of you guys read his comments or listened to his comments, but it, it seemed like he was close last week, and because he was close last week, that means he's basically a lock for this week. Is have I got that right? Danger back against the Swans? That's, that's definitely that's what, the that's the word. Yep. Yep. That's the yep. feeling I've been getting out of the Cats camp. So just, I think just it's checking, big. Check, At, oh. You know, you... I was just going to compare, just because we're talking ins and outs, just comparing to the when we faced them uh, earlier in the year in round six. Um, our outs then sure. were Reece Stanley and Tyson Stengel. Didn't have either of those guys in. Um but we did have, and we didn't have Jack Henry. Jack Henry wasn't back yet. Um, but yep. Cam Cam Guthrie was in at that stage. Uh, yep. And, and and we still had Cameron Hawkins. I'm trying to think who else would have would have been in the side that night. Oh, Henry Bowes, Sam Simpson was in. Uh, Danger Brad yeah, Close, right. Myers, Duncan, Rowan, Tui O'Connor, Smith, Colin Jasney. Flixards, Guthrie, so both Guthrie, Stewart, DeConing, and R- Radigalia. No Tanner Bruins in that game. No, no, Tanner, no Tanner Bruins. Probably yeah, because, okay. of the, because of the presence of both Dangerfield and Guthrie, I suppose. Guthrie, yeah. And Bose yeah. was in, and as we spoke about the other week, Bose was the one that was really getting some some game time at sort of that point mm-hmm. in the year. This was the game where Blixards split the ruck duties with DeConing the last time we played. Blix yeah. started in the ruck. And mm. then and then we had DeConing pinch hitting as well. So yeah, I think Stanley Chaps was a massive in. We talked about it on the last show. Like he really does help us structure up and you know, just gives us such a better uh play to play, you know, impact at the ruck than having to get Blix to come in and do it, even though he can. It's um it's preferable to have him do other things. Uh, but what do you think about Dangerfield coming back in? Obviously, the midfield played pretty well, pretty well, pretty well last week. But we, 
but we had talked about the game against Port. The midfield looked better when he was in it, even if he wasn't mm. getting the big numbers. I, I think it's just a no-brainer, massive inclusion, yeah? Absolutely. Um, yeah. It's hard to keep the captain out, especially. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, you're on the bench, son. Uh, especially after the the way he he was playing before he got injured and the way he was looking like he was going to play against Port Adelaide before he got injured again. It's yeah, it's pretty much a no, yeah, no-brainer that you bring him back in for this game. Absolutely. Yeah. And just to compare, again, we might as well compare what happened last year. So, and with Patrick Dangerfield back in, it makes sense. Um, yeah, it's 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 good to see because he had uh, most goal assists, game uh, so game high goal assists, um, most mm-hmm. meters gained, most clearances, most uh, second most handballs, um, fourth most kicks, most disposals, uh, and the highest AFL fantasy points. Um, on the ground, so he was. Which game was that in? That was against Sydney, so that was when we, when we, oh, when we won Sydney. in the grand final. We, no, yeah. earlier this year. Earlier this year. Oh right, I'm with you. Yeah, yep. so he he was extremely damaging. Um, uh, earlier in the year, so it's very good to have him him back. Um, and the other he kicked a goal him, early in that game, didn't he? He did. Yeah, yeah he kicked the goals. Well, we had a heap yeah. of individual goal kickers in that game. Um, but speaking of goal kickers, speaking of outs, Jeremy Cameron had five that day. Um, poor, mm. oh, okay. But Gary Rowan only had one and four, four behinds. He kicked the most behinds on the ground. So Gary Rowan's a little bit more on song. If he can keep playing yeah. the way he has yeah. been against, against his old club too, I think he can fill that hole of Jeremy Cameron. But, um, yeah, that's, that's pretty big. Tom Hawkins kicked five and Jeremy Cameron kicked five last time. So, uh, without Cameron, we're going to need Rowan to, Keep his boots on, or bring it's, in another uh, big forward from the VFL. It sounded Johnny, to me Rowan's time to shine. Please <laughs> leave him alone. Oh, of course, yeah, so you're yeah. oh, right. So, <laughs> Cameron's not playing, is he? He's still in the concussion no. protocols, and that's what I mean. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, but it didn't sound like there was like anyone else necessarily on route into the team as sort of some sort of like-for-like replacement. I mean, we haven't seen a, a team selection thing yet, but there was no hints that someone might be brought up. I don't think I even read anything about Jeremy Cameron in that Chris Scott presser. It was a Sam Menegola who they talked about, um, who he said they weren't going to rush back in. They were happy for him to get some VFL games under his belt and, and continue to work back. Um, what about? Um, I don't remember yeah. reading any comments about um, gosh, I don't even know if, I mean, I might just not be remembering, but it, it seemed like Dangerfield was the only one that they were like, he's right to go and he's ready to come back in. Yeah. Um, there's been a bit of talk about Radiglia being maybe possibly okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, that's why okay. I mentioned it because it was probably three or four days ago there was an article that's saying he was definitely in the mix, but I, I don't yeah. necessarily think I've seen anything um, since then. Okay, I'll, I'll just it. check Would in you while you while you chat. I've got the article here. What if it. you brought him in and swung Jack Henry forward? Mm, that could work. To cover the loss of Cameron not being up there, you go uh, Hawkins, Henry, Rowan, 
and then have Rat down. But I mean, I, look, I'm not in any hurry to really change the back line, to be honest. And I feel like right. Ollie Henry has actually been leading and jumping at the ball really, really yeah, well. He's been, um, been fantastic. Great kick. Like his kicking is very mm. reliable. It's just, you know, not accurate at the moment, which is perfectly fine. But most times you can pin him down to kick a pretty important goal. And he kicked a big one against Melbourne last week in that last quarter to get that last quarter going. But yeah, I think it'd be interesting what the Cats do because, yeah, Dentro definitely in. And there's no one else really that needs to come out. The, the, the last last update on Radagalia was that he was close to playing last week, but they opted to play yeah. it safe, a bit like Dangerfield. So that would indicate that he could certainly be in the mix, but there's nothing to say that they've indicated he will. Did you see the sneaky point too at the end of the Chris Scott thing where he was talking about management, saying this is the first week this season where we've faced a, a tough decision around player management and mm. saying mm-hmm. that we were able to do that a lot last year, but this is the first week. So I'm like, man, I well, wonder who it to, is. They tried to thought... manage Tui and, didn't, and then he had to play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I wonder if we so maybe... see someone come out. Do you reckon they'll rest Tui this week? Just to give the media could, a bit could, of it, uh, it could be. frustration that Tui won't reach, uh, <laughs> draw level with Tim's Jim Steins. He he might. We we play so well in milestone games though, so we should definitely, we do. definitely <laughs> leave him in there. Maybe even someone like Buse, College Asney, like one of those. Yeah. Like they've been pretty overworked in the back line over the last month. Mm. I don't really see them resting anyone in the forward line, especially because Cameron's already out, and in the midfield. Uh, we've got such a young young midfield at the moment. You wouldn't yeah. think that with Dangerfield coming back in, they're going to need to rest any of the, the young lads in the midfield unless it's someone like O'Connor, but I think you want O'Connor's versatility in there against the Swans. Exactly. Could probably Ella just bring Bose in from because he was the emergency last week, wasn't he? Bose yeah, he came on halfway through. So you could just put him as starter and make whoever you want as the sub, whether that's Buse or... Not that they're exactly like for like, but you know, who is in the Geelong squad? Um, no, be good to see Danger back. I'll be interested to see if they bring Collar, uh, Radigalia back in mm. to the side or not. Um, let's move on, chaps. What's one thing you want to see this week? What's one thing broad ranging, specific, whatever it might be? What's something you want to see? Um, I'd love, I'd love to sure, be yeah. really obvious and say just Gary Rowan having a great <laughs> cracking game, especially against his old side. Um, but look, I'd, I would, what I would like to see is Dangerfield come back and play really well, but the other midfielders operate well around him. Do you know what I mean? I don't really, because of the you know the point we're at in his his career um, and what we loved about Joel Selwood as a captain, not that we want to compare danger to Selwood specifically, but just what one of the things we loved to, about Selwood as a captain towards the end of the year was the end of the years was his ability to elevate those around him and only step in when really needed. So I'd love danger field to come back and have a, you know, 15, 20 touches and, you know, have a, have a really good game and look like he's ready to ready to run into the end of the year. But I'd still love to see those the young guys around him be the ones that win the game for us. I really want it to be one on the backs of Atkins, 
Um, yeah. Bruin, if he's in there, I'm assuming Bruin's back, despite we haven't heard anything about that. You know, the, his um, niggle, have we? Mm. No, no, he'll still be in. He'll, he'll be in, good. Played well um, last week, so he should be playing. Yeah, he said, no. I think it was in his... I think it was in his in his presser after the game. He said they said something about it, but I may even be confusing yeah. with the week before when he when he went down into the, into the rooms. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, so yeah, Atkins, Bruin, Bose, if he's yeah. in, Holmes. Like that's kind of what I'd like to see. I'd really like to see a a, a repeat and a and even an improvement on the midfield from last week. I don't. Yes. If Danger comes in and wins it for us, then it's great. But. I'd also like to still have that feeling of like, look, we can do it, you know, without, without danger. Um, so yeah, that's, that's yeah. kind of just where I'm at. I'd love him to have a good game and some confidence building and some game time, but I'd love him to, to see him on the bench occasionally and sitting him down and letting the young dudes mm. do it and still, still getting over the line. Like it a lot. Right. Um, agree um, with it entirely. What about yeah. you, John? I'd like to see Tommy Hawk kick between four or five goals. Be a big presence up forward. Mm. Be the key forward and have Rowan and Henry be like his foils, help him out. And obviously themselves kick a good amount of goals. But I'd like to see Hawkins go back to being like a key key forward. But also don't mind him playing up the up the ground. Seemed to do really well, but yeah, I think I think it's been a while since we've seen a Hawkins bag, so I'd like to see that. That's one thing I'd really like to see. Yeah, absolutely, I actually had that on my list of um, of things I would also like to see. He's had an had an interesting year, Hawky. Like he started probably started a little bit quietly, but um, ha- has still found his way to uh, thirty five goals this season. <laughs> you know, like just cruising. It's along. pretty crazy. Yeah, pretty cruisy. Um, and the last time, if if you want to talk a, a stretch of time where he had a bag of goals, kicked four against West Coast. Next week, he kicked five straight against Sydney. Then he kicked eight one against Essendon. So he kicked seventeen goals in three weeks in that little span of time. And since then, it's been one, three, three, one, two, two, one. So hopefully, a little a little repeat of the dose he gave the Swans last time would be would be real nice too. Um, I am going to go with just that ferocity specifically from the last quarter. I would love to see that bounce back in, you know, straight up this week where we really just go at the opposition 100% of the time. Um, you know, it was just such – it's so refreshing when it all pays off because I think, as we've talked about, I don't think it's ever that it's there or it's not there. It's not this – it's not ones and zeros. It's not like it's binary of like either they're pressuring or they're not. There's been a lot of frustrating – uh, weeks this season where there has been a lot of effort that has yielded very little reward, um, you know, or it's just not quite been at that cohesive level where it's effective. But last week in that final quarter, it was just, it all came together in a rush. And I'd just like to see that again. I feel like if we open up like that this week, it's going to give us so much confidence. Look, even if we finish like that this week, you know, and, and, and get over the line like we did last week, I think 
I just want to see that again. I want to see that that's, you know, starting to become a really repeatable skill, particularly, I was going to say for the younger guys, but the whole team, as we talked about, Mitch Duncan had 20 pressure acts and laid the second mm. most tackles for the team. So you just want to see it from all of them, bodies on the line, full tilt, maximum effort, um, and just, I guess, that cohesion hunting in packs, which you saw a lot of um, last week against the Ds in the fourth quarter. So that, that, I think if we can do that, that'll that'll go an awfully long way to securing uh, an important four points. And I tell you what, chaps, if we win this and we win against North, we'll be three and one in the month. And that was Sam's passing grade to be considered yep. a premiership contender still. And if we do that, we will still be in with a little outside chance of finishing top four. I know people would be like, you're mad. Not mad at all. I think it's very much on the cards. If, if we win this week and next week against North, we still have a lot of games against teams above us, which is the double-edged sword. If you lose, they propel further away. But if you win, you haul them back even closer. So I think top four is definitely still on the cards. If we take care of our business the next couple of weeks, we we put it, we keep it in our hands. Um, well, I shouldn't say keep it in our hands. You still need a couple of results to go your way, but mm. you know what I mean. Yeah, um, yeah. It's an it's an interesting one because you you start going like I know I know, and I like the cats approach that they don't really look at the the table too much. They just play to win every game by as much as they can. Um, mm. But as a fan watching the, the table, you got some games coming up where you're like, you go, do we hope Port Adelaide trips up? Or do you hope yeah. that they, you know, them and Collingwood just keep winning and demolish the people behind them because they're the people above us? You know what I mean? Are we, mm, <laughs> do we want the whole eight to even up or do we just want the bottom four of the eight to drop away so we can jump up? Like it's a really, there's so many. Bit um, of both. There's so many. What do they call? What do they call them in the media? They they said there's so many eight point games coming up. So many games where you're playing someone that's directly below or above you, um, and then also you've got the, you've got these other games going on around you where where other teams in the in the eight are playing the other teams just below or just above you. So uh, it gets very interesting. Uh, just quickly to touch on the Tanner Bruin thing that yeah, it was it was in his interview that they talked yeah. to him about it, and it was from the one against Port Adelaide. They were checking uh, in. every week. Uh, yep. He he was subbed yep. out against Port. Um, so yeah, there's nothing, nothing current. Say this that um, we're going by the the rule of Dubai, which is pretty consistent this year. Pretty conclusive this thus far. Pretty conclusive. <laughs> Port Adelaide is going to lose to Essendon this weekend. It's done. You can lock, lock that in. in. Lock it take, in take that, take that down it. to the TAV. <laughs> or Adelaide will lose to Essendon. Carlton will lose to Hawthorne. Um, Richmond I mean, that's will given. lose to Brisbane. North. I've got Richmond will lose to Adelaide. Brisbane. Is it at the G? Yeah. Yeah. Um, at Gabba. Oh, I think it's up in Brisbane. Is it the Gabba, is it? Yeah. Gabba, sorry. That's what I remember. I still have them. I yeah. think they're going to make a charge. Bulldogs are going to lose to Frio, and the Giants will lose to Melbourne. So those are the games we can yeah. lock in the wins if, losses. If it, if it wasn't the yeah, if if it wasn't the <laughs> um the the buy um <laughs> jinx, then I I think I'd be tipping 
the other way in a lot of those games. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> how can how can we still be having like eight teams having been on by last week or you know six teams it's or whatever it is? It's absolutely absurd. A month of buys is ridiculous. Too long. All right, let's um, hop behind the, the Patreon other thing, curtain. Oh, sorry, I was just going to quickly mention just before we go to that. Yeah, that the Swans also have some ins. Just just worth looking at that, okay. um, that uh, I think Heaney, Heaney and Mills are both in, and I don't think either of them played against us earlier in the year. Um, and okay. Frank, Franklin is a test, and he also did not, as far as I know, I don't think he was there when we played them last, last time either. No, I think um, he was. Knowing Franklin, Frank Franklin, he'll look stiff as a board all season when I watch him, but he'll show up against the Cats and yeah. turn back the clock. And kick well, it's a home, it's a home game, mate. Um, he's yeah. he's right. had an extra, ex, extra couple of hours of yes. sleepy weepy in his bed before he had to come down. <laughs> That's right. Uh, let's let's go behind the Patreon curtain because I actually would like to uh, discuss some of the finals permutations. Hate that word. Um, but I just wanted to discuss specifically Melbourne. They're mm. basically our best target to hunt down for a top four spot. So let let's go behind the Patreon curtain and and talk about how their schedule breaks out, with how likely we think it is that that we could overhaul them. Um, do you want to listen to that? Go on over to the Patreon, the Chap Chat Cats Patreon, $3.50 US per month. Uh, you get access to extended podcasts, video versions of our podcasts, and VFL coverage for the men's and women's. So you can do that. Thanks to everyone. I think we had three different new patrons subscribe in the last sort of 48 hours. So love to see that. We would love to see you over there. Until next time, go Cats! Go Cats! Go Cats!